0: 103.9 WRBI, Batesville, Greensburg, Brookville for sales. Now presents Batesville Mayor Mike Vettis with his annual State of the City address. Live from the Batesville Middle School Commons. Now, here is WRBI News Director, Tom Snape. And we bid you welcome to this evening's proceedings, whether you're live with us at Batesville Middle School or listening to us on 103.9 WRBI WRBIRadio.com or on the free tune-in app. We welcome you to the 2023 State of the City Address. And without further ado, uh, his last go-round with us, the uh, Mayor of the City of Batesville, the Honorable Mike Bettis. Thank you. Thank you. To the 2023 stay the city address. I appreciate everyone taking time out to come and join us. Uh, this is something that uh, the first time I had to do scared the living out of me um, but I've grown more comfortable with it over the years and it is a great experience and want to take this opportunity to share with everyone uh, what is happening in the city of Batesville what's what we've got planned for the future? what our financial situation is, and just try to give everybody some background as to what's happening. It's one of the responsibilities of a mayor is to do this on an annual basis. Paul and I like to think that we do this every month when we provide the financial reports every month, and then I also do a mayor's update. But historically, that mayor's update at the city council meeting is really just for the current projects. So tonight, we're going to spend more time talking about all the projects for the for the past year and then what projects we're looking for for next year and at the end i'll do kind of a quick summary of projects over the last seven years so uh, sit back relax enjoy the ride and let's get started so the first slide this evening you're going to notice two new faces and so we had two city council members who stepped down in november Uh, jim fritch who stepped down from district 3 and bill flannery who stepped down from the at-large position and so those both of those positions were filled through the caucus process and so so now beth Enking is now the new council person for district three i think did i see oh so she's here with us thank you and then also uh, um, now i'm going to go brain dead I'm going to cheat. Melissa Tucker is our new at-large person. Um, and so both are, are, have been through two or three council meetings and are into the swing of things and is off to a great start. You will notice, though, in the bottom left-hand corner that we do not have anything listed for the city court judge. And let me explain. So the, um, Judge Kellerman submitted his resignation to the governor back on January 11th. And so we are now waiting on the governor's office to make that appointment. Uh, when we talked to them uh, that day, they said it would probably take approximately 75 days for them to make, a, to make that choice. Uh, and so we're probably 30, 40 days into that process. And so we probably have another month, month and a half till we get a, an answer. The hard part is that this is happening through the legislature is, is in session, and so I'm sure that that will slow them down a little bit, so we'll wait and see how that happens. Um, in the meantime, any, any cases that are filed with the court, uh, we will are either sending to either Franklin County or Ripley County or advising people to take them to those courts to start off with until the position is filled. Next, the city leadership team. This slide really has not changed at all. We have the same group of people who have been helping us for the last number of years. Um, this is a group of dedicated individuals who come to work every day and take the city and do their business for us. As I like to say, they do the heavy lifting. Uh, they are the ones who make sure that uh, when the streets need to get plowed, their, uh, Tim and his crew is taking care of it, whatever the case may be. They are the ones who truly make the things happen within the city. And so when I first put this slide deck together, I forgot this. I'm almost embarrassed to say. But probably if you heard a small cheer, or maybe even a loud cheer, on June 16th of this past summer, was the day that we closed on the Shell building. And for that, I deserve a round of applause. <laughs> So that was a big day for the city. This is a project that has started a few years back with uh, a building of a speculative um, manufacturing building. We closed on it. The new owners is a group called IKEO uh, LED Lighting. They make LED lights. At the present time, they are only using the facility for uh, as a warehouse space. We hope within the next couple years, and that they will. Uh, make another investment into the building and into the city of Batesville and turn it into a manufacturing facility. And so there's more to be said for that. Um, on this page, there are a number of individuals who have been a part of this literally from day one. Between Andy Saner, Kevin McGuire, and Kevin Campbell, they have um, been a part of the, I'll say, marketing team for this uh, since the first day we started. Uh, They have put a lot of time and effort into it. Whenever we had somebody come to the city to take a look at the building, uh, any number of us would be in that initial group that would welcome people to Batesville to show them the building. Uh, They all have full-time jobs, but they were still very instrumental in helping us getting through it. Bill Norwald joined uh, a couple years ago when he became president of RDC, and so he has been a part of the team and certainly between Sarah and Paul Gates. Um, Sarah is the one who probably had the most to do whenever there was a state lead. She was the one who was responsible for it. And certainly whenever there was a question about the finances, Paul was the one who was either whispering in my ear or yelling in my ear that we need to do A, B, and C. And so for that, I'm very thankful. But uh, we're very excited about having them having the building sold we're even more excited about having a new partner in our community who, will, who, as they grow, will be able to hire more people. And that is certainly one of the things that uh, the city is always concerned about. So let's talk about projects for 2022. And so there was a lot happened. Uh, I put roads on at the very top because uh, the one thing I have heard more about over the last two years is how much road construction is going on around Batesville. Uh, it's a good news bad news situation Uh, it's bad news when you're trying to get around town and you can't get from point A to point B because there's construction somewhere it's good news because we've been able to invest money into our roads and get them fixed up and cleaned up Um, we did a little study over the last uh, few days of trying to understand how much we have spent on roads and so uh, if you talk about money from the city and you talk about money from NDOT is matching from the community crossing grants and if you throw in the money from this that the state put in for the 229 resurfacing project uh, we figure that we have invested about seven and a half million dollars in roads in the city in batesville in the last seven years and the city has picked up about two million of that Five and a half million has come from the state, and so we've gotten more than our fair share of money from the state for, for our road projects. Um, the picture on the screen also shows the underpass at Huntersville Road, and so this is a project that has been near and dear to my heart. I grew up not far from there, and it has been... Part of um, my knowledge of Batesville forever, that whenever there was a large rain event, the underpass would fill up with water. The police department would show up with uh, barricades to block the road off so people wouldn't make the mistake and think they can get through it. It would take a day or so for the water to drain out. Uh, So we were able, with the help from NDOT and funding from NDOT, to be able to fix that underpass. And so now when it rains, the water does not pool up. It runs off into the creek, uh, not too far from there. Uh, It's worked as it was designed, and it's a project that I am very happy with, uh, and I hope you all are are also happy with it. Another thing that, another project this year is that we've been starting, trying to spend more time talking and working on replacing water mains. And so we have lots of water mains underground. And we figure we still have anywhere from 9 to 10 miles of water mains that were installed in the 1930s. And so we will hopefully be, and so this was a phase of it, and we're hoping that we will continue to do so over the next number of years of going through and trying to combine water, or water main replacement projects and community crossing road paving projects at the same time. So we'll tear up a road, replace the water mains, and then hopefully quickly come back and repave the road and try to get as much of that done over the next few years as we possibly can. Another project that we were able to finish this past year was it uh, was to update the land usage section of the ordinance manual. And so it's really not exciting work. Uh, it is the section of the manual that talks about what zones or what districts you're allowed to have things in, what is a business district, what is a residential district, and so that portion of the manual had not been touched in over 30 years. We've had some small little items that were, I'll say, massaged over the years. And so we took the time and literally threw the old manual out, came up with a whole new manual with and reset how we have our zoning set up across the city. And so that was a project that took us uh, the better part of a year to get it, the way we wanted it, but it's now complete and it's been taken care of. Another project for this year—one we probably didn't talk about at all—is that we now have body cameras for all of our police officers. And so this is one of those things that came out of the state legislature last year that they provided funding for uh, for communities to who would get body cameras. To they would split the cost with us, so we. Took them up on that. So all of our officers now have body cams. Uh, I'm going to pick on Chris for just a second and ask him to stand up. And so if you look at his vest, you'll see a a little square box in the middle of of his vest. And so that is the body camera. And so those will record things that need to get recorded for us. We also have the equipment so we can retrieve that information, store that information, retrieve that information. And so that um, is another f- project for the last year. Um, the next one, I will cheat again and look at the title because I can't remember the title because it's an acronym Regional Economic Acceleration and Development Initiative, which is the long version of READY. Um, and so you probably, everyone has heard of READY. Um, I like to think uh, now people are referring to READY 1.0, it's the first version of READY happens now that the state legislature is looking at ready 2.0 it's in the governor's budget and it so far is moving through the state house and it appears that it might might make its way through Uh, and so we've spent the last i'll say year and a half working on the ready program Um, the city of batesville teamed up with the cities of greensburg cities of rushville and shelbyville also the counties, Rush County, Decatur County, and Rush, and Shelby County. And so the seven entities, those groups in the city of Batesville, formed a group. We were one of 18 groups around the state of Indiana that made a submission to the state. We asked for $50 million for 60-some different projects in our area. Uh, we were awarded $20 million total for our area, and so the city of Batesville is a, Was able to get about three million of that for here locally. Approximately nine hundred thousand of that money went to the schools for two different projects for the school corporation. A million dollars is going to the kids' discovery factory. We are also looking for approximately nine hundred thousand then for the city. So that we can do additional trail work around the city, and so we've got a couple other projects. Oh, then I missed one. We also got fifty thousand dollars for the skate park, and so that has all been uh, come through the Ready grant. So um, it's been quite a challenge. Uh, We have had countless number of meetings, Uh, and on our local group has been myself, uh, John Eargang, who's our president of city council and then also Sarah Lamping our economic development director and so we've had lots of meetings with with our with our small group and then also with a much larger group Uh, and so it's worked out we've gotten some return on that investment we're hoping there's a 2.0 and then hoping that there might be additional funding for additional projects with that another project from 2020 or from, from last year, really goes back to the census that was done in 2020. Um, and so whenever there's a census, you have to go back and redraw your districts, your political districts. And so when we got the, our census information back, it said that we had grown to 7,200 people. And so that uh, for those of us who grew up here when it was, you know, 36, 3,700 people to 7,200, it seems like an awful lot, Uh, But it's still home. And so we had to go back, redraw those district lines. And um, we were able to do it without a whole lot of change. It's obvious over the last number of years that the greatest amount of growth in the city of Batesville has happened on the north side with Arlington Farmington area. So there have been a lot of new homes built in that area. And so it really kind of threw the numbers off. And so with 7,200 people, and you need to have four districts, and they needed to be somewhat equal, so each district has approximately 1,800 people in it. Uh, And so when we got the information back from the census folks, it was in a computer format we were were unfamiliar with, and so we got some help from a consultant who was able to manipulate the information much quicker than what we were able to do. We gave them, the first challenge was, is it possible to take everything that's in Franklin County and make it into one district, and then take what's left, everything that's in Ripley County, and make that into three districts? Well, we got lucky that the numbers worked out, and so we we're able to pretty quickly change those districts around, primarily in districts three and fours, where we had the biggest changes, District 1 has a very small change. We added a very small amount of Ripley County into District 1. District 2 did not change at all. District 3 then became that section, I'll say, is the west side of Batesville in Ripley County. And then District 4 is all of Franklin County that's in the city limits. So the challenge of this is that when we got over 7,000 people, the state law requires that we then change the way that we vote. So over the years, when we've had to vote, we've all gotten to vote for every council district. And so I live in District 1, and I was able to vote for council people in District 1, 2, 3, and 4 before we went got to 7,000 people. Now, in this coming election that we'll have this November, I'll get to vote for mayor, clerk treasurer, judge council at large and i'll get the vote for council district number one but i will not get the vote for council district two three or four and so that same thing will happen all across the city and so if you live in lake of the woods you will vote in council district four in addition to mayor clerk treasurer judge Uh, and at large and so you won't but you won't be able to vote then in council districts one two and three and so that is going to be something new and different for us Um, it actually makes it a little bit easier for the people running in those districts they don't have to completely go across the city to to uh, get votes Um, so we'll see how it works out we also had a number of projects that we did this past year that were really in collaboration with other groups. Uh, the skate park is a project uh, that really came from Dr. Carpenter. She came to my office one day and said, I'd like to build a skate park. Why can't we build a skate park? I want to do it. I want to do it now. Um, so uh, it took a little bit more than that. to, And so she got a group together, and we said, hey, if you, can, if you and your group, can put together a similar program that was done similar to what happened with baseball, similar to what happened with soccer, get a group of adults together and and do some fundraising to help us get to that goal. And and so uh, she did a great job. Uh, They have raised... Just about half of the total cost of the skate park, they are raised in private donations, either from individuals or from businesses. They raised approximately 225000 on their own. The city kicked in another 225000 so we could build the entire skate park at one time. Uh, it's turned out really well. I challenge anybody to drive by at any time of the day. Uh, there is somebody out there. As certainly, if you get out there on Saturday and Sunday, that place is crazy. There will be 30 to 40 people out there all day long. Uh, even after school, I didn't drive by there tonight. I was a little busy tonight. But on end, just about every other night on my way home, I drive by just to see how many people are out there, and I'm amazed at how popular it's been. Granted, it is new, and it's granted it is the first time we've had this type of uh, place for us Um but this is something that people have been asking for years, um, and we're finally able to make it happen. And, and so I'm really happy with how that's turned out. The next project is NDOT, is an NDOT project, but it really started as a city project. So back in 2016, um, we've only been here for a few months. Uh, there was a, what they call a call for projects from NDOT that asked, said, hey, if you got a project you'd like to get funded, give it to us let us look at it and then we'll give you a, a yes or a no and so they we gave them a project to to build a trail that would connect the east side of Batesville over to the west side of Batesville if you think back in 2016 this is back when we were getting ready to start a bunch we were going to do six stormwater projects and one of those projects it included a sidewalk then that would go um, up Huntersville across Columbus and would get us going west and get us out to the entrance of uh, lake of the woods and so that was already in the works and so to get to complete that we needed to figure out how then to get a section outward to brum woods which was part of that project and then from brum woods we could take the original trail project that was done back in 2011 i believe that connects brum woods and over to liberty park and so all we had to do then was get from Liberty Park over to the YMCA, which would then get us to some smaller trails or paths that were part of the YCA that then got us into, into Hillendale Commons, which, li- that, which then got us east to west. And so uh, they took over the project. They were the engineers. They were designers. Uh, they would let us give some input o- along the way. But that project got completed this past fall. Actually, it probably got done the last two sunny days in December. They were out there working crazy to get the lines painted and get uh, the thing set up. But it did get completed. It too, like the skate park, has people on it every single day. Even on the, when we had a few snow days, we still had people out there walking the paths. And so it's turned out really well and is I think is something that people are really going to be happy with. The last project on the list, uh, it was truly more of an in project. And it was the one that has probably caused the most heartache and the most trouble for folks in Batesville. This is a project that we really wanted when, when they came to us and said they wanted to resurface 229, we asked them if they would put the utilities in for us. Uh, they said, nope, sorry, that's your problem. Uh, they said you'd be more than welcome to let you do it before us. And so we did. So we, last summer we spent a lot of time and effort and re- replaced all the utilities underneath Walnut Street. It's uh, Then this year they came back. They... Repave the entire stretch all the way through town. Uh, it turns out that it's about a $1.7 million project just in road construction itself. Uh, but that now is a road that should be set up for hopefully another 20, 25 years and be something we won't have to deal with. And certainly it was at their expense, so that certainly helps. Another project that uh, we worked on this past year. Uh, If you remember back to this discussion last year, we introduced a new website that we called Discover Batesville. And so Discover Batesville was a website that we've put together as a way to market the city of Batesville. It's painfully obvious that people are moving from the larger metropolitan areas now back to uh, smaller suburban rural areas. Um, If you read any of the stuff in the papers or online, that's happening all across the country we would like to be the beneficiaries of some of those people who are looking for a new, safe place to live. Um, and so we have been working on this website for over a year. This latest section of this website, um, Andre, if you'll give me that next slide, is, includes a sections about doing business in Batesville, sites, uh, buildings available in Batesville, workforce in Batesville, and also a media center. So this adds to the stuff that we had already had on the website. This is our way to tell our story. This is our way to tell the world that Batesville is here, that Batesville is growing, that Batesville is a place that you want to be. And so this is our opportunity to to get our word out there. In in conjunction with that, we've also put together some uh, brochures that talk about Batesville. Uh, These are media pieces and that we will share with the um chamber of commerce the realtors um and even any of our businesses so that when somebody comes to Batesville that we can give them a professionally done uh, brochure we have examples of it in the back and so I would be remiss if I did not um, publicly thank Tricia Miller for all of her work on all this this has really been her baby for the last year um this has come a long way in a, in a short amount of time. And so we are really happy about how this has come together. And we hope to continue to build on this for years to come so that we can continue to attract people to Batesville. Now, let's talk about projects for 2023. Of course, I'll start off with road projects. Um, this year, we're going to start off with a very simple um, project. There's only two different roads on this first community crossing project Um, and so those will get started or actually we're bidding that presently we expect bids on march 9th i believe Um, in conjunction with that we are also starting another round of water main replacement projects we are looking now to uh, look at some streets here in downtown primarily if you if you think about uh west of main street if you go on go on Pearl Street from Pearl to Vine and you go on George Street from Pearl or from Maine to Vine. So both of those streets have uh, water mains that are from the 1930s. If you go across uh, Main Street back to George, go on George Street from Main to Park and then also from on Boringer Street from Maine, to park also and so there's a section there that's also from the 1930s and so we're going to be looking to replace those water mains this year we're and we've already made another request from from NDOT for what we call community crossings 2023-1 which then will be repaving those same roads at the same time and so hopefully we get it timed right we'll go through we'll replace the water pipes and then we'll come back and repave those roads and have them all in good shape for the, for the coming years. We also have two projects for the wastewater uh, treatment folks. We're uh, starting a, hopefully will be a long-term project of, of taking existing pipes and, and putting what they call slip lining inside of them. So let me try to explain what that is. And so if you imagine a, a pipe, a circular pipe, and on the inside of that pipe, we're going to go in and, and have um, like a plastic substance sprayed on the inside so it will coat the inside and hopefully make them watertight again. And so when you have a wastewater system, the goal is to have it watertight so that it doesn't, the wastewater doesn't leach out of the pipes into the ground or into somebody's yard. And so we, we have a whole series of these pipes all across the city. And so, we, again, we have pipes that are relatively old, and we, we know that we have bad sections in those pipes because whenever there's a rainstorm, the amount of, of fluids that run through those pipes and ends up at the wastewater treatment plant is three to four times the general amount that we get on an average day. And so we know we have this infiltration problem all across the city. The area that we believe to be the worst is the area through the golf course. And so if you think about what happens when we have a large rain event in the city of Batesville, the area that gets flooded the worst is generally the golf course. There's generally two to three feet of water through the, or over the top of the entire course. All that water then is surrounding those pipes. And then that rainwater then ends up at our wastewater treatment plant. We then pay to, to clean rainwater and the amount that we have to do, it just doesn't make sense. So we have to figure out a way to try to correct as many of those pipes as we can. And so the slip lining is the simplest method. It's by far cheaper than trying to go through and replace every, every one of those pipes. And so we're going to start this process of going around and replacing these or filling these pipes with the slip lining materials so that we can make that system last longer. We also are looking to put a a new wastewater line in down 129. Uh, It will start off on the west side of 129 and will go down to Lakeshore Village, the new subdivision that Charlie Gilman is building there on 129. At some point then it will cross over underneath 129 and end up in their development so they can build houses in that area. Uh, That's another one of those things that we need to do for the long term so we can continue to grow is to have lots available for people to build on and so we're going to do that project in support of that. The memorial pool has a mechanical room that is the memorial pool was built back in the 1940s and where there's a room that's in the basement or I call it the basement that is underneath the deck on the south side of the pool and that area um, has concrete pillars it has um, or it's also the area that we keep all of the equipment the um, where we clean the water where we inject the chemicals into the system all that happens in that one room underground and with the combination of it being wet and the combination of all the chemicals that that are in there that it has over the years has eaten away at some of the concrete and now it's time for us to fix that. And so we're, we're going to have a project this year where we're going to uh, fix one of the columns in particular that is bad and then also repair the other ones that we can easily repair before they get bad. And so we're going to be hopefully doing that this year and get that taken care of for many years to come. And then another project of updating uh, our manuals we have a separate manual that we use f- that we call the de- development and construction specifications and so or standards and so this is a is a group of uh, pages or many pages that says a stro- a street should be 22 feet wide it should have two foot curbs on either side the pavement needs to be uh, in three different layers it's four layers of base two layers of intermediate and two layers of top code and so there are standards for all these things around the city and so that was a manual that was put together in 2006 it's, it has not again has not been touched for many years and so we're going to try to go through and update that manual also this year we also have a few uh, projects that we'll be doing in collaboration with other groups. Uh, the veteran banners were very popular when we did them probably three or four years ago. And so uh, since then, we've, we ever so often we'll have somebody show up at the Memorial Building saying, hey, I'd like to get a banner for my loved one also. And so we've got a running list of those folks. I think we have already gotten 60 new people, 65 new people. Uh, and so we still have room for 30 more, correct? And so we're looking to team up then with Ison's Pizza. Actually, Cecil came. Uh, I was staying out in the parking lot, uh, getting in the van, so I could go home. And he grabbed me and said, hey, I'd be willing to help pay for that if you do another round. So said, okay, <laughs> I think we can make that work. And so he's going to kick in some money. The Historical Society is going to kick in some money. The city's going to pick up the rest. And we're going to do another round of banners uh, for our veterans. We also have three projects with Duke Energy that we're looking to do this year. And so this gets to be a longer story. Uh, We actually went to the folks with Duke Energy probably four years ago and said we would like to have a conversation about replacing some street lights in Batesville. Actually, Oldenburg had had just completed a project where they had gone through and changed a number of lights and and oldenburg from standard bulbs to led lights and so we called them and said hey we'd like to do the same thing Uh, they looked at us and said well yeah but you have dozens of different styles of lights all across the city it isn't just one standard light and so they uh, we said okay let's pick one section so we picked just the standard light pole and so if you look at the middle picture didn't turn out as well as i would have liked but it, the standard light that you see out that has kind of a gooseneck that sticks out that standard light we have about 300 of those across the city of batesville and they came back to us and said uh we'd be happy to change those 300 lights you will uh, it will cost you $200,000, and uh, when would you like us to start and we're like "Ooh, we did not budget for that um i will say the c word i told you i was not going to say it i am going to say it now um covid hit uh quite honestly we it went to the back burners um duke also put it on their back burners last year about a year ago at this point they came back to us and said hey are you we'd like to talk to you again about those street lights. This time they came back and said, we'll write you a check for $15,000 and we'll lower the cost of the electric that we're going to charge for those lights if you let us change these 300 lights for us. And so you don't get very many offers like that when when you're a mayor of a small town. So we said, that sounds like a really good deal. Thank you very much. Where do we sign? I wish I, would, I could say we did sign it. We actually then hedged our bet and went, and I had another company that was knocking on our door that wanted to give us a price for that um we waited and waited and waited and waited some more and then finally said thanks but no thanks and we signed a deal with duke and so they have already started a process of replacing the decorative lights in downtown those decorative lights which are on the right hand side there's about 55 of those in downtown they've already replaced most of those uh there's standard street lights. they'll be doing next and so hopefully they will get both of those things taken care of early this year we'll be right that'll be done the last item last item for on that list is electric vehicle charging stations and so they it turns out that duke energy um, received some of the money that was that was paid as a fine from Volkswagen. I think they misrepresented what their EPA or their miles per gallon for their vehicles were. And so they had to pay a very large fine. The state got some of that money. The state then gave some of it to Duke. And Duke then started a program of putting electric electric vehicle charging stations in towns across the state of Indiana. And so they said, hey, we know you're interested in these lights. Would you be interested in, in... being in this other project with the charging stations, we said, "Sure, if we can find a place to do it, we'll be happy to, to join in." Uh, they'll so we have picked a spot around Fifth Third Bank within our parking lot. We were originally going to try to put the transformer on their property. It turns out that um, that's not going to work out, so we may end up putting that transformer in the parking lot also, and. So we still have some paperwork we need to do to get that project going. Duke would like to have it done before the end of the year, so hopefully we'll get that done this year also. So there will be two sets of charging stations. Uh, So each charging station has two hoses off of it, and so there will be one um, on one side of the corner and then one on the other side. And so we'll be able to charge four vehicles at the same time. They're with a, a, uh, a fast charging setup. So it will be something that we hopefully will have ready this at the end by the end of the year. Last one on that group is the Mayor's Youth Council is in, is collaborating with the Indiana Housing and Community Development Agency uh, for a project that they call My Community, My Vision. And so if you think back to 2019, they did a mural on the back of. Miss Shannon's music studio and so that was a project that they did with this same group back in 2019 so this go round, they want to do a project out at the Liberty Park I think they have narrowed it down to replacing the basketball courts out there and so that that's a project that will be starting up we will need to do some fundraising for that to make that happen okay so now we're going to Switch gears, and we're going to talk about the financial side of the business. Um, And so this is the part that's the most boring, Um, and, and these numbers on here are really small, so if you'll bear with me. The city of Batesville, we run our business like it's a cash business. We have cash in the bank at the start of the year. We have revenues that come in. We have expenses that go out, and then we have cash at the end of the year. That is the way that the state... Uh, looks at us Uh, this is a a report that actually paul came up with uh, literally the first month we were here we had to have a way that we could look at where we were financially and quickly be able to determine if we were on the right path or not Uh, this form has gotten more complicated over the years because of very special events but let's start with the very basics and so at the and that we're she has the cursor now. We started the year with eight point six million dollars in the bank. We then had revenues of twelve point five million, we had expenses of ten point three, so we ended up the year with ten million five hundred and change, and so we ended up with a net change of one million nine hundred and twenty one thousand dollars, which is way too much money if you only look at just that simple simple line. So what you really need to look at then are what we call the asterisks. I know it's a very technical term that we use, asterisks, for that. And so we have four asterisks on that sheet, which are right below it. So we have the first one is the cash reserve fund, which is there was money that was loaned from the gas department to the water department a number of years back. When they made that loan... It caused that money to be considered to be excess funds and which then caused that money to fall fall under the purview of city council and no longer under water and the gas utilities. When they made that loan, they said that was excess money we didn't need so we can make a loan with it. And so that money then became the city council's responsibility. And that ended up being about a million dollars when it was paid back. And so we spent six hundred thousand dollars the year before for the utility work that happened underneath Walnut Street, and so there was at the beginning of the, this year, there was no money added to it. We spent three hundred sixty-eight, and there's thirty-three thousand dollars left. The next line then is from the American Rescue Plan Coronavirus funds. Uh, the, in 2021, we got approximately seven hundred fifty thousand dollars from them. Uh, we then we got another seven hundred and actually seven sixty thousand this year. And, that, and then we spend one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars on the skate park. and so there's still 1.3 million dollars in that account. and so that is money that city council has uh, the ability to invest in whatever projects they deem necessary. Uh, the rules for coronavirus or ARPA funds were greatly relaxed, and so we have a lot of latitude with those. And so that is money that we will be looking to figure out how to invest this year. The next line is from Community Crossings. Uh, when they, when we, we make a proposal to them, we ask them for a million dollars. They say yes. They don't just write us a check for a million dollars. They wait until we bid the project. The bids come in, say it's nine hundred fifty thousand dollars for the project on bid day. They then give us 75% of that $950,000, and so that's their match. We have to put in the other 25%, and so when they when they write that check, then it goes into this account, and it stays in there until we pay those bills. And you'll notice that we still have $641,000 left over in that account from last year, uh, and And we finally got the bill from Rogue just earlier this week, or end of last week. And so we literally sent the check out today. And so when the next time we update that page, hopefully it will say zero for a short amount of time. And so all this is to get to the last line. And so, again, we sold the Shell building back on June 16th, if I haven't told you that already. I'm going to tell you one more time. Thank you. Thank you. Finally. Finally. And so that building is sold, and so that cash, the the proceeds from that sale then ended up on the balance sheet. And so that money is there. The intention is to use that money to to build the rest of the road so we can get to the last two lots. If you think about the industrial park, it is on Merkle Road. There are three lots that are face Merkle Road, but then there are two that are behind the Shell building or now IKEA Lighting. So there's two more building or two more lots back there. The only way we can ever sell those lots is if we build a road to them. And so hopefully we'll invest that 1.6 million dollars in to build that road so that we can then have additional places to for a, if a business comes to Batesville is looking for a place to set up shop that we have a place for them to land. So, if you add up those four asterisks, it adds up to about three point six million dollars. If you take that three point six million off of the ten point five, it means we act, we actually ended up with the six point nine million um, as the ending balance. And so that ending balance is more in line with how, where we could be, should be. Um, that is the measure that that I use for us for how we're doing our business. More so than that top line. The top line is just skewed because of these asterisks or one-time events. And so that $6 million, um, once you go to the next slide, this makes it a little bit easier to understand. And so in 2016, when we started, we had uh, just under $4 million in cash in the bank when we started that first day. Um and if you look then at the end of 2022 it's it says it's 10 million 836 we just went through the math of taking out 3.6 so it ends up at 6.9 million on that very first week that we were here paul and i were trying to learn what we were supposed to do when we when we got here um so we had to go back and do some history and look at what happened in the past. And so we went back for 16 years to look at what the cash balance was at each year to get a, a feel for what is four million standard. Is four million good? Is four million bad? What we found is that we had a range of how much was typically as cash on hand at any time was anywhere from five to seven million dollars. Uh, so four million at that point was really low. But but I tell you the five to 7 because we're back in that7 seven, $7 million dollar range. So I think we're in a good spot for that. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to weather the, the upcoming storms I think we're going to have that we'll get to in a little bit. But over the years, we've had we've finished in the black most years. 2018 is a year that we spent more than we brought in. And that was the year that we did Merkle Road and we paid for most of Merkle Road out of our own pocket so next so where's uh, so how's that money come in so we generally get about four hundred and thirty thousand dollars every month either from the state or from the county uh, to run the business we, then we also get much bigger draws of money it generally speaking in June and December We get much bigger checks. Uh, those are when we all pay our property tax. The county collects all that tax, and at, they do their magic with it. And at some point, then they share part of that money with us. And so we get another $4 million a year in, in those property tax payments. And so that works out to about $770,000 every month if you average it out. And the special revenues are the same ones we've already talked about. 1641 is the shell building. 758 is uh, ARPA ARPA money. And 926 is from the community crossings. And so what is the source of those revenues? And so this has changed over the years. This is interesting, at least to me. The property taxes past year was 39% of our total revenues for the non-utility side county income taxes 37 percent last year if you go back and look at since 2016 or i'll just go to 2016 in 2016 the property tax amounted to 45 percent of our revenue and that county income tax was 31 percent and so that for whatever reason has changed i don't know if it's just an an anomaly for this one year or if this is something that's going to continue uh, it's one of those things that uh, hasn't quite made sense yet, what happened, but it's going on. Next. And so I'll slip through these pretty quickly. So the water utility, is, these financials are basically the same thing. Across the top, you have 4.3 in start of the year, money coming in, money going out, end of the year at $5 million. And so that's a little bit more than we probably need at any one time. And so, but we do, we were saving up money because we have a couple of projects that we're looking to do this year. So we're, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to spend about a million dollars on replacing some water pipes in downtown. We're going to spend another $450,000 painting the water tower out in industrial or the commerce park. And so we're going to spend approximately a million and a half dollars. And so that number will come down, but that's to be expected. Next, the gas utilities, same way, Um, 4.5 at the start, money coming in, money going out, Uh, finished at 4.8. And so if you think about the last five or six years, we've had relatively cold winters. We've all heated our houses, thank you very much. And so that gives us the opportunity to uh, basically try to break even as the best we really want to do. This year is, is a different story. We had a really, really cold spell right before Christmas, but if you think back for the last through January from through January and February so far, it has not been as cold and it has not has been as bad as it has been in years past. And so I expect that the revenues side on the gas utility is going to be lower this coming year. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. And then wastewater the same way we start off with. Just about 2.4 million ended up with over three million. We had a net increase of 631,000. Again, as we mentioned, we've got a couple projects coming for the wastewater treatment facility. We have approximately seven to eight hundred thousand dollars that we're going to spend this year. So that number is going to be lower than what it is today. Uh, but that again, we're in good financial shape, so we can weather that. Each year we've talked about population, because I think that's that's always been a concern of mine, is making sure that we're growing, that we're not a community that is getting smaller, but a community that's on the rise, a community that's expanding. And so this is census information, it's exactly the same as we presented last year. Our population was about 6,500 and. 2010 grew to 7202 in 2020 so that's about 10% growth so it's about 1% a year and so we are one of the very 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 few communities rural communities in the state of Indiana that's actually growing and so we are in really good shape and then the next slide shows uh, these are estimates that the state of Indiana puts out we don't get to do a true census and so we grew by another 1% this past year and I, with the, if you go to the next slide, then if you look at housing permits, well, we've had forty-one housing permits that we put out last year, and so we will continue to grow. I think we'll see that the next round of uh, population estimates will show that we've probably grown even a little bit more than one percent this, like we did last year, and so we're going in the right direction for population. Now, for a quick discussion about some future challenges or headwinds, as I've called them here. Um, We have some things that we need to make sure we're thinking about. And we want to make sure that uh, we have a Coalition for a Drug-Free Batesville that is federally funded. We get $125,000 every year from the federal government for this program. That funding will run out at the end of September of 24. And so we will be on our own. So we are working now on how are we going to sustain that program. I, I tell you that the program is being successful. We have the surveys that we have done since 2014 that shows the, the uh, drug usage and alcohol usage is going down or has gone down uh, in the, over the last eight years. And so we're making progress. And so that is something that we're going to have to work on how to make it sustainable. Another challenge that I think we're going to face in the coming years is what's going to happen at the state house. The state house is looking to increase the pay of the state police force. Uh, the average trooper will be getting paid close to seventy thousand dollars per year. Our average policeman makes fifty-five thousand dollars a year. We've already lost one police officer to the state police. There is the possibility as they when those raises go through, that there will be more officers that will make the switch from rural communities to working for the state police because they pay 20% better than what we pay. And so that's one of those challenges that we're going to have to figure out how we're going to take care of. And last but not least, the, just the general economics of the world as we know it today. Inflation last summer was around 9%. Uh, there was a report that just came out last week. That said, the inflation last month was 6.4%, so it has not gone away. At some point, the Fed is going to continue to raise interest rates. As they raise interest rates to combat the inflation, it puts us ever so closer to being in a recession. Some would say we're already in a recession. Some will say we're not. Some economists will will say that um, we will have a soft landing. Others say that we won't. Um, we won't know till we get there, unfortunately. And so this is one of those things that we just have to be smart about and understand that this is still out there. So I want to change things up a little bit and talk about people. And so this past year we had three different people who have stepped down uh, from their their roles uh, in helping the city. And the first one, as I like to say, the slide says Hank Pictor um i was taught a long time ago that you call a former judge judge pictor and so um for those of you who don't know judge pictor came to the city of batesville many years ago um quite honestly to help take care of a other former judge in ripley county who was having a tough time who made some bad choices and said some really silly things and got himself in trouble um and so we were fortunate enough that he came and joined us. He's worked uh, in the Batesville area ever since. And for the last 18 years, he's been on the Utility Service Board. And, and, and to me, that's important to understand that it's in those 18 years is what it took us to figure out how to do the long-term water project. I talk about it quickly, and I talk about how the long-term water project is a big deal and, and I'm going to try to be a bit more specific in the understanding that it took this long to figure out what was the right way to set us up so that we would have a water system that would give us good, clean water for the next 75 years. And I'm telling you, there are communities all across the state of Indiana that would love to have our water system because we, uh, we invested a lot of money in it. But we have a guaranteed water source that is not susceptible to to runoff from farms or from our yards. And so we have a guaranteed source that is a clean source and uh, Judge Pictor was a big part of that committee for the last 18 years and so thank you very much. <clears throat> Next, uh, Dave Raver. So Dave was originally was going to come and join us. He uh, sent me an a email this afternoon saying he was not going to be able to make it. I told him that since he wasn't going to be here to, to protect himself that I no longer had to hold to my promise that I would not uh, talk too much about him or make him um, uncomfortable. Uh, I made the mistake three or four years ago. I had a A newspaper person who came to me and and was doing a story about Batesville and they asked, is there anybody in particular at Batesville that we should do a story about? And I said, you know, if you ever get a chance, you really ought to look up Dave Raver. He has done so much for our community for so many years. Uh, He was a part of uh, helping us, the school corporation with projects, and he has been on our planning and zoning commission for a long time. At the time, I didn't know how long. Um, they came. They did the story. They interviewed him. He came back to me and said, "Don't you ever do that again?" And <laughs> said, "What? Well, what do they do?" I said, "Last thing I want is for people to know about." Okay. So he's not here to defend himself. So I can say whatever I darn well please. But Dave has done a great job. Has done a lot for not just us, but I was on the school board for years. He also helped the school corporation with building projects. And whenever we wanted to do a building project. We always needed somebody to referee a little bit and say, these are wants, these are needs, these are the things that have to get done for our schools to be successful. And so he has done that for our community for many, many years. Um, In addition to that, uh, he has been on our planning and zoning commission for 37 years. And the last 26 is president. And so we think if we get two or three people who are not city people show up to a city council meeting that we have a big crowd. I'm telling you, if you say we're going to change the zoning in, in a particular part of town, we fill that building with people who have their knives and pitchforks out ready to go. And so he has been able to manage that group, those, those meetings for all these years, and we have been blessed that he's been a part of us. Um, uh, so I'm, I I wanted to take this opportunity to acknowledge his many years of service to the city of Batesville, and make sure that everyone else knows that uh, we are fortunate to have him, and he's done such a great job, and we will greatly miss his his uh, his demeanor, his style, but also his intellect, and so we will miss him greatly. So thank you. <laughs> Last one. Um, Don Kurbowski, and so uh, let me start this with a little story. Um, in in the memorial building, um, m- my office is uh, at the end of a hallway. The room directly next to it is the conference is a conference room that we used to be- we use the c word again. We used to use before COVID all the time. Uh, since then, we don't use it nearly as much. Um, in that room, we have pictures, composites of every administration that from the city of Batesville. We have the original one from 1913, thir- I think it's 1913, when George Hillenbrand was, was mayor of the city of Batesville. In that room, we have these composites from every group of mayor, city councilman, clerk, treasurers, judge, uh, sometimes police, sometimes fire, Um, and I remember and and I tend to always sit in the same place my wife will tell you I'm a creature of habit and I sit in the same spot and if I look to my right I can see uh, composites from the late 50's early 60's and in each one of them there's the same picture of Don Krabowski and so it took me a a few, few months to figure out oh yeah he's there uh, he's there. Oh, he's in three of those. And then I l- looked at the next one and said, oh, he's not in this one. I don't wonder what happened. And then, then he's in the next three. So he has served six terms on city council. And so I had to go back and do some checking today. Um, no one else has ever made it six terms in city council in the city of Batesville. Um, so that's quite a, a feat on itself. There was one other gentleman who served six terms as clerk treasurer and then ended up as mayor for a term um mr johnson johnson and so uh but of of all our city council folks uh no one else has even comes close to 24 years of service on city council and and so that's a feat all by itself but then you add to that another 20 years of service to the city as being on our park and rec board and so he has the uh donated 44 years to the city of Batesville throughout his lifetime and that's only counting just these two things that I could easily find there may be more that I don't know about but I am certainly uh I think it's amazing that we have such talent in our community who is willing to share it with us and we have certainly benefited from that for over all these years and so thank you very much So that ends my prepared section of this. Uh, this last part I'm going to do off the cuff. Uh, and so, it's, um, so I have been honored to be the mayor of the city of Batesville. It is one of those things that I never dreamed of doing, but I'm glad I've done. Uh, it, we have done a lot over the last few years, and I say we on purpose because um, we have great employees who really care about the city and have done do so much on a daily basis to make sure that we are doing the right things that we are getting things done and over the last seven years we have gotten a lot of things done when we when i got there i absolutely knew nothing about city government Um, as i said earlier paul and i would get together every morning every night trying to figure out what the hell to do how do you turn the lights on What's the password to my computer? What do I do to get this thing going? Um, So we ended up having a series of meetings with the the department heads and said, so what do we need to do? What what do we need to do in your department to be successful? And so they started giving us some really good hints, Uh, some of them with sledgehammers, some standing on the table saying, we really need to get this done. And so we're smart enough to listen to them. it was amazing. The very first thing out of that came up was to replace the roof on the memorial pool. It had leaked for a number of years. We, For whatever reason, it never got touched. It never got done. And it wasn't that hard. Um, literally, Paul and I got together and said, well, if it costs $20,000, so we've got 20000 Well, yeah, we got $20,000. So we'll, we'll fix the damn roof. So we fixed the roof. And then from there, it just kind of took off um, between... From the memorial building to the wastewater treatment plant with the earthen basin and, and liner that um, was sliding down the hill, the liner was 20 years old. It was disintegrating, so we spent $800,000 fixed it up. Um, that was on the list. We went to the firehouse. Uh, it has had two. There was a the original firehouse, and there was two additions. When they did the additions, they didn't get it sealed properly. So it's leaked for 30-some years in one section, 20 years in another section. Uh, so we spent another $500,000 and fixed a fire station. And so that got done. Um, we've talked about roads a lot. Uh, the first real road was Merkle Road. Um, I learned so much about roads at that point. Uh, Merkle Road ended up costing us almost $1.9 million to get that thing built. Uh, widen the get taken care of so we get trucks to bypass on that road from there we have spent another five million dollars on roads around town over the last few years Uh, a lot has really gotten done with roads and over the years certainly the last few years we've been able to do road projects and do stormwater projects and do fixing curb and gutter replacing sidewalks we just have been able to get a lot done around town with, with roads same is true with the parks um the first thing out of the barrel was we needed to do something with the children's section at the playground out liberty park we needed to replace the um, surfacing underneath the equipment needed new equipment for the younger age group so we took on that project got it done Uh, since then we have added freedom park we've added skate park we added a walking trail this year, and so there's been a lot that's gotten done with the park system over the last few years. Um, we, um, we're we not done. As you saw, we still have a big, long list of things to do this year. We have uh, certainly have a lot of pipes that we need to replace, either water pipes or wastewater pipes or slip lining those pipes to make them last longer. So we have a lot to do there also. And so I've come this evening to tell you that the state of the city is strong we are headed in a great direction we are going we are growing we are strong financially we are set up for the future it's time to have someone younger, someone smarter someone who has a passion for uh, downtown to make it better and so I'm uh, I am Looking forward to the next number of years to be a part of the community. Uh, I wasn't going to say this, but I will. Um, When I started as mayor, I had one goal. The goal was to be able to live here when I was done being mayor. (laughs) And so that's not a very high bar to set. But it's a but it's a goal I still have, and so I will be living here, and I'm looking forward to the next number of years to see how we continue to grow, how we continue to prosper, how we continue to be make a difference uh, in our community, and um, the future is bright. And I've been honored to be mayor of the city of Batesville, and um, with that, I'm going to try to get off stage without saying anything else stupid. So thank you all for coming, and and good night. You've been listening to the State of the City Address from Batesville Mayor Mike Bettis. This address will be available tomorrow in the pod section of WRBIRadio.com. Thank you for joining us for this important public service broadcast from 103.9 WRBI.